have the privilege of uh, introducing our guest uh, international worker here this morning, Cheryl Fugate, and as well, uh, Cheryl has, uh, we've known her um, almost the whole time that they've been in ministry. We've been in ministry, our first, not our first church, but one of our first churches, uh, does, uh, we were the adopted MK. We had one of her kids as our adopted MK. I understand that's not necessarily something that was done here in the past, but it was something that we did and just to participate and kind of make it special for her, for one of her kids, and they had other ones as well. And then to be able to uh, go to Dubois, where that's their home church, and uh, the time we had there, being able to go down to Chile, work, uh, building, and a number of other things that were down there. And they were there for 24 years. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped, so to speak. As she'll probably say a little something more, I won't tell you. I'll leave you at a cliffhanger with that. <laughs> uh, what happened, it was a good thing, and they got redeployed to Mexico. And that's why we uh, have been talking about Cheryl and her husband Bob being in Mexico. And it should be about this time that... We want to not only welcome Cheryl, but to welcome the Tyanesta Alliance Church. Hopefully you all are online and watching there as uh, we're excited that you're able to join and be a part of this in this way. It's exciting. I don't know if you've done anything like this before. Uh, so Cheryl's new ground, and we're excited to have you here, Cheryl. They are, uh, uh, as you'll see, they're an exciting couple, uh, just full of excitement <laughs> and... Uh, it is exciting work that you're doing. So thank you for thank being you, here. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor and Roberta, for hosting me. And yes, we go a long way back, Roberta, Tim, and, I, and Bob and I. And um, there you'll see they adopted our little Susie, our little Susie. She was our third child. And as, as, as God would have it, some of the churches, we had four churches that adopted each of our four children here in the western Pennsylvania but some of the churches were didn't have as exciting of a group or as faithful of a group. And whenever we would visit Bakerstown Alliance, the, they had gifts for all of our children. And so we loved going with wherever Tim and Roberta were as they took care of Susie. So it was, it was a great blessing. So this is us. This is us, um, what's this, 28 years ago. And we left in 1988. But I have a prayer card that's one that's four years earlier than this. But I thought I'd show you all four kids and that was then, and this is what we are now, down to just a prayer card with just Bob and I. <laughs> Bob is in the Chippewa Alliance Church. Greetings to them. Greetings to my community, brothers and sisters in Tyanesta. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. So this is us now, and this is what the Lord has blessed us with. Our four children, three are married, and they've given us 11 grandchildren. And we were able to be together September 7th, 2020, just last Labor Day. For the first time since 217, we had not been able to get together because we're on the field and kids are away and I have a son in the Air Force and he was deployed and so God has been so faithful and we thank, thank him constantly for his faithfulness as uh, we are far away from family but he gives us these sweet times to, to get together. Um, as, as Pastor Tim said, we did leave Chile after 24 years but not because of a failure. It was because the church, the church, uh, the Chilean church could start to do things on their own. They developed their own department of missions 
So what did they need the great white American father to come down and tell them how to do missions when they were sending Chilean missionaries to other countries? And so we had taught them well. We had worked ourselves out of a job, and it was a joy, a joyous celebration as the last missionary left uh, Chile, closed out the field, as they say, for the Chilean Alliance Church to continue the work, and they have 17 Chilean missionaries around the world, not just in the Spanish-speaking areas, as I shared last night, but in Israel, in Mali. Uh, they've, they've, they've been able to go to places that we as white Americans cannot like to Cuba, when, when America was not allowed into Cuba yet, we sent a Chilean missionary. So that is what the Lord has done in our 25 years in Chile. And in the last 117 years since the first missionary entered the, 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 the ports of Valparaiso there in, in the Chilean land. So we praise God that we were able to transition into Mexico. I want to uh, hang today's thoughts and reflections and stories on, on some verses that we find in Isaiah 61. And as you read in Luke 4, this was part of Jesus' first sermon. So these are not my words. I'm not talking about myself or Bob. But this is what the Holy Spirit in someone can do. And this is what Jesus preached, why he came. And it says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. He, he, Jesus took his words from Isaiah because that's what he knew. That, that was his scriptures, the Old Testament. And we have so much more at our, uh, at our hands. But Jesus was preaching from Isaiah. And he says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from the darkness for the prisoners, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Oh, how so much of this verse could be for us today, no? Or do we feel sometimes in a spirit of despair? Lord, where's our country going? What are we doing? But he is there. He Forget about all that nonsense and who, what signs are on what yards he's here to give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair so that's my political talk for today no more because we are streaming hello tianesta hello world <laughs> the lord sent us to let's see if to the city of guadalajara mexico the second largest city in mexico the first largest is mexico city with a total of 26 million people it's huge, and we just went to the little tiny city of Guadalajara with 6 million people. And in that city, we found there's Mexico. Mexico has 80 alliance churches. Many of them are on the border, on the two borders, uh, where Guatemala comes and meets and where America comes down to meet Mexico. And five alliance churches in that big city of 6 million people. Now, that's just unacceptable. How You know, we're just in this little tiny area of lots of forest and woods and just on my way up from Dubois that hour drive how many churches did I pass in a tiny little amount of 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 people so we needed to really know Lord what do you have for us to do what are we to do and we came upon um, uh, we are here in Guadalajara there's the the dot um, these are our beaches in Puerto Vallarta Lord what do you have for us 
we discovered as we would research, do some research, that the area where we will be ministering is called by missiologists the circle of silence. Why is that? Because it is as if it's the traditional religion on steroids. We have our version of Guadalupe. If any of you follow, the, it's very, you're a very special country if the Virgin has visited your country in, in that sense. And so it is almost a religion on steroids. It is a closed area that encompasses 19 million people. Ooh, sorry. Uh, 19 million people and two indigenous groups, two indigenous tribes. And the uh, indigenous tribes, it is illegal to become a Christian. You lose all of your family, your community, lands, your any, any um, privilege that you had if you come to the Lord because the indigenous tribes are that syncretist religion mixed in with the Catholicism, which makes it a... A very unique kind of thing. You don't, I, um, you guys know in Brazil, uh, it is a religion you don't even recognize. What is it called? Who knows? But that's what, and that's what we're dealing with: the lack of churches, lack of pastors in in our Guadalajara. There's only one ordained pastor. The others are all bivocational men taking on the churches. Um, we were able to, the Lord, as we reflected and thought, Lord, where, where do, what do you have for us? What do you, what do you have for us? He gave us the idea of planting a church. That's what we went for, planting a church. We got a, a group of three couples that we challenged, uh, three Mexican couples. Would you join us in this work? Uh, it's a commitment of, we gave them a commitment of two years. Our commitment was for at least 10 years uh, from the mission commitment. And they got together and they came up with the name Breath of Life Church. And the Lord gave us this design, not a big giant mega church in one little area, but could we do multiple, one church in multiple uh, 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 sites? I'm thinking in, in different locations. There's the word. I was thinking directions. Um, multi, one church in multiple direction, in multiple locations. And so the Lord gave us a team. Our, our theme comes from the Breath of Life in Ezekiel 37:14, where it's that valley of dry bones. And the verse in the Cheryl version is, I will breathe on you, breathe into you my breath of life, and you will live again. It's where those dry bones come to life. And you will live again. And why could we say that? Why can we say that? It's because we have that message of hope, that hope that can transform lives. And why? Because my life has been transformed. So we are speaking from experience, aren't we, when we share with people? I hope we are. That we have felt that transforming hope. We have had that transformational experience in our lives. And, and that's how we share it with others. Um, God gave Bob this vision one time as he was driving. The Lord really speaks to, to us in strange ways sometimes. But he said, how can we get this done? Um, I, how can we get this done? And it was five churches in our Guadalajara area, five churches in each one of the states that that circle of silence covers. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you know, but Mexico is called the United States of Mexico. I did not know that with 32 states. So we, our area of that 19 million people encompasses 90, uh, six states. So the Lord gave us five churches, five church planting starts in the, in the five surrounding states by the year 2025. Should the Lord grant us those years, 
Uh, back then it was eight more years. Should the Lord, Lord grant us five more years? Maybe we could retire. I don't know. If the Lord says no, we'll walk through that door also and stay. And should we do 10 churches, 10, 20, 30 by 2030? Who knows? But God is in this, God is in this plan. And it's not Bob and I's plan. It is what God has. God opened the door and we decided to, uh, to physically walk through it. So how does that look? The first campus, April 2015. The second campus, we launched. Uh, the Lord told us, move it up, move it up. We were going to launch it in February of 2020. Wow, wasn't that providence, huh? That we, that if we would have launched it in February, then we closed down March 18th. So we launched the second campus, December 19th. I have a picture to show you to give you an idea. The third campus, we're working on that. We have a, a site picked out. We have a community picked out. We have people working towards being part of that launch team. And that's in hopefully February 2021 when we get back. And the fourth campus projected for, you can't see it, but it's 2022. And that is a work among the upper middle class that Zach and Julie Stutler will be helping us uh, uh, form. Uh, missionaries that were in Dominican Republic and now transferred to Mexico. And the Lord is, will do, we know he will do amazing things. These are the three families that we challenged. We, when we got there, we asked missionaries to give us some ideas of some names. We know no one transferring from Chile. So the Lord gave us um, some families to challenge. And these three couples accepted our challenge. Rox and Arturo, Lalo, Eduardo and Sarah, and Sergio and Nayeli have two kids. And Lalo and Sarah have that one boy at that point. They now have another little boy. And, and off we went, 215, with our first church plant. There, that's the building. We were able to rent the whole second floor of this building. This is our, sanctu our sanctuary, as we call it, and our Sunday school room and kitchens and nurseries and that kind of thing. Believe me, keeping active little Mexican kids from crawling out the second floor window, <laughs> I've had to be very vigilant in the nursery <laughs> because we do have some terremotos, as we call them, little earthquake kids. I'm sure you don't have them here, little active kids, right, Jude? You don't have active kids here. <laughs> but the Lord has protected us. No one has jumped out the window. Now, balls and toys and dolls have gone out that window, but, but, but nothing else. Um, keep your, remember to keep your eye right here on this, this building right here because that, uh, that's another slide, but that's another story. So we're on a big main road, to, uh, a, a two-lane highway, three lanes going each way, and uh, we, we, we put hang signs out uh, of what the, what, who we are. We are a Christian church, breath of life. Ninety percent of the people that come, come by our church have said, I, I asked, how did you come to get to, to know us? That we saw your sign when we were driving past on the bus or on the on the taxis or on the so god is faithful um this is a, a jump up to 2019 we had a big retreat with uh we added three more couples to our team and two new missionary couples doug and helen white who were missionaries with the alliance in brazil so they had they quickly learned spanish and Marv and Sherry Stutzman from Indy, Indiana, the town of the state of Indiana, 52 years old. They were pastors in Indiana and always would host missionaries coming through. And all of a sudden, a missionary challenged them, why don't you go? Well, we're 52 years old. We're old. Check it out. The Alliance accepted them. They felt a call to go to Mexico. And it has been hard with language study. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. But... But the 
people are patient and God is gracious and they are a wonderful addition to our team. So we just had that retreat. This is the most recent picture we have of everyone together. In 2016, we were able to buy land. This is a Googleized view of the Breath of Life, the Woodlands campus. In Spanish, it's the Bosque, the Bosque's campus. And it's 3,000 square meters, which in American is about three quarters of an acre. The Lord, through the Alliance, gave us a, a loan, and the people are paying back that loan. The people are paying a, a national pastor, paying back that loan and paying the rent on the, on the building that we, that we rent for the first campus. So God has been so faithful. And this is what we first did in December of 2019 to launch. We did not have a building yet. We have been praying for building permits for three years since we got the land in 2016. Lord, how can we need to? We were growing out of that first building. We only had a room for 100 chairs. Honest to goodness, the room was, we were squished in with 100 chairs. We went to two services and filled out 100 people twice. And sometimes we had 110 at one of the services. They were down the stairwell. We needed to do something. So we said we need to open up the second campus. How are we going to do that? We put up an event tent, like a venue tent. And we brought in a container and we put a bathroom. We had a work team come down from Indiana Alliance in Indiana, Pennsylvania. They helped us put a really classy, it's a nicer bathroom than I have in my house. A classy bathroom on the end of the container and a really cute little kitchen. Because that's what you need to have a church, don't you? A bathroom and a kitchen and a place to meet. And that's all you need. And we would store all the sound equipment and the chairs and the stuff in the container. And if you see the white, the white tent and that tan tent that's through there, those are carports that we bought in Costco because there we have Costco. And that's my Sunday school rooms, the ones in nursery and the ones the kids' classroom. Isn't that cool? Because you can, because the weather is very temperate and, um, and, we, and we can. That's, that's the, we praise the Lord for that. So that's the second campus. That's, I got up on the container and took a picture of the rest of the land. And Lord willing, as I shared in the first service, Thursday, we had, this has been a prayer request for two and a half, almost three years of building permits because we refused to pay any bribes. Any of you who have tried to grow, build overseas, uh, people come by and say, well, I could help you put that file up to the top of the list or I could help you get that to the person that it needs to get to with a little extra pay. And at times we were tempted because we, we got frustrated in our, in our humanness. Lord, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to build this church? But the Lord said, no, have patience. This is my church, and I want it to be glorified. I want it to be a church of integrity. Thursday night, thurs just two days ago, three days ago, Thursday night, we received an email that we were, we were granted the building permits. You guys are the first church to hear that. Ty and Esther, I shared with you, thank you for praying. And we're here. We're not there. But the team is there. That team picture that you saw, they're there. They're going to be picking the building contractor. In 30 days, we pay the final amount that we need to pay legally for these permits. And we have 18 months from the time that we pay to build that church. So when I get invited back in 20, 2022 or 2023, we're going to see some different slides here. And we're going to be victorious. And we're going to know that that God built that church. So 
it's just a, a joyous time. These are some of the some of the indigenous tribes that we've been able to work with, the Wee Chol and the Portepecha. Bob was asked to be a, a godfather to the girl in white in the middle, and it's very hard to go up there, but our job right now is to train Mexicans so that they can go up and minister to their people, just like we did in Chile. It's very hard for Bob and I as Americans to go up into the into the into those uh, their com communal lands, but we can train Mexicans to do that. And so some of our other ministry has been to a tribe that's just south of Guadalajara. We handed out food bags all during the the virus. Since April, we were able to get together some funds from grants from Kama Services, and and through our church in Breath of Life in Guadalajara. We became the center where we sent money to buy food or we gave out food ba food bags. And this is, we went went to this tribe's land and took 120 food bags and went with uh, Luis, Luis Alberto and Raquel, the pastors there, the, 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 the tribal people, but who became, uh, imagine this, they became Christians in the United States as, as undocumented immigrants and went back to their people and said, our people are in darkness. We found the light. We have to share with them. It's a whole nother long story for another time, but God is faithful to his people. There's the bags that we made and sent. It's, it's kind of blurry, but that says Aliento de Vida, and it has our verse, you will live again. And they went out and delivered them into the, into the countryside. And at, to this date, we have been able to do about 1,500 bags, feeding almost 5,000 people for 10 days that each bag contained enough food. I had, I, I got some, some, I had some Mexican ladies helping me. What could we put in these bags that you would use to feed, to feed your family? And so it was really neat, really, really some wonderful things. But God, we, in, in our own little breath of life church, many, many, many people would come by our doors, come through our doors, come sit for a service, cry through our service sometimes. And what do you do? Well, they, were, they were the brokenhearted. They were the ones that were mourning. They were the ones that were prisoners in the darkness. What was our message? Release the prisoners from darkness. How can we do that? Just this family alone, a family of all women, you can see, and a little baby, which is a little girl also. The lady in green is the grandma or the mother of the, of the two sisters. And uh, they went to the, the one girl who's holding the baby is an executive secretary for a company in Guadalajara, but her family are all from the rural countryside. They had a family gathering in the rural countryside, and the brother of the lady in green, which would be the, kid's the girl's uncle, raped her, and she was pregnant. The grandmother, as we met in a group, they wanted to dedicate their baby. They said this baby was born was conceived in darkness, but we want to, the girl said, we want to, I want to raise it in the light of Jesus. So we had a meeting with the family. This was the family. And the mother shared with us that she is unable to forgive her brother, of course, in your own strength, right? Who could forgive? But uh, she was willing to ask Jesus into her life and experience that letting go. You know, let, let it go. That man will never ask forgiveness probably but she doesn't have to live tied with the binds of unforgiveness. And so Bob was able to dedicate little Jacqueline is her name, little Jacqueline. And they're living in the light right now and surrounded by a community of believers because we don't dedicate in a, in a vacuum. We dedicate with the whole church. 
and the whole church is the one supporting and standing them up. But these are the brokenhearted. So here's the picture, close-up picture. What do you do with people that come through your doors and most of them have been women who have been in some horrible situations? So I had a dream that maybe I could rent this little space out right here and have a ministry center, have a counseling center, have a place where women could get some legal advice. My husband abandoned me. What is my recourse? Do I have any recourse? Can I get any money for my children? So that was my dream. We were able to, I saw that that, that that little place beside us had bills accumulating underneath the door. It's like, boy, I wonder if this is available. How much would it be? Uh, a church in Pittsburgh gave us a grant for of a year, and that year would pay for the rent and the electric and the Internet for a year. That's how much they gave us. And I'm like, God, can we do it? Can we go for it? So we opened up, and it was called Circle of Hope in English, Circulo de Esperanza. And I thought, well, how, how is this going to be? I am. I wanted to. I shared with the first first team, first uh, church. Um, I am not creative at all, and Tim and Roberta can s- certainly testify to that. But what would we do? And I had a dream, like maybe we could teach haircutting and give everybody a skill. We could give these women a skill that they could go back to their community, go back to their home. And, and at least put out a little sign and say, I can cut hair for school. You know, cause, and everybody likes their hair cut short these days. So it was, you could cut it every two weeks and get a little bit of money and get a, have a dignified, you could be abandoned, but God is not abandoning you. So this is what we did. Claudia was our first teacher who her, she herself was a woman left abandoned. Her husband was a truck driver. He had a woman in every place that he delivered. Um, her son was lost to the drug cartel. Lost, I mean lost, disappeared. They, to this day, they do not know where her son is. But she said, I, she cried every service and until the Lord healed her and brought her to say, I want to help in this ministry. So she taught haircutting. And, and, um, and Bob even became a, a model sometimes. We always would need models. So if he was up in the office upstairs, I would grab him and come on down. And, um, and he, they, they loved it when we would take part. Um, I even got my hair cut. Claudia cuts my hair uh, regularly. And so this is our, our director, Letty, and Claudia. And Letty said, well, I'll be a model too. It was going from long hair to cutting into a, like a bob. So we pulled her hair back in a pony and cut her off. And there's the triumphant uh, po- holding the ponytail in, in victory. But God has been so good. Then Letty came to me and said, I think we should start jewelry making. And I'm like, what? what is that? Do you think the women would be interested in that? And she goes, oh, you don't know. They, she, they get frustrated with me because I am not creative at all. But she said the women would love it. They could create things, and maybe we could set up a table at a Christmas bazaar, or we could sell them out on the sidewalk, and we could make money for the ladies. I'm like, well, let's give it a try. I got another donation in. We went downtown and bought all of those Chinese beads and all of the equipment that Letty says we needed. And we began a jewelry-making ministry. And then I was invited in March 2019 to a retreat up in the Pacific Northwest. And the lady had seen I had put some pictures on Facebook. She said, could you bring some bracelets as a favor for the ladies? I go, sure. So I brought 200 bracelets, set them out on the table. And do you think in 10 minutes, guess what happened? They went, disappeared. I'm like, wow, these things are pretty popular. 
And so the Lord gave me a kind of a, a idea. I could have the ladies make me some bracelets and I would be their middleman into the different churches in different countries. And that's why I'm wearing them at every church and I have them for sale that you can be a part of the Circle of Hope ministry and it's a donation for whatever the Lord leads you to give. But all of that money goes back into the ministry for materials and I have started to pay the ladies for each bracelet that they give me, each bracelet that they make for me. I give them all the materials and during coronavirus, we would bag up the materials and they could take it home, make their bracelets at home and bring them back once a week. They would get their materials and on that same time, bring the bracelets back. Package, they do the packaging, they do the finishing touches and, um, and, and there we have it. And we, one lady brought me 40 bracelets. I paid 10 pesos a bracelet, 400 pesos. I said, well, here's your money. And she said, could you hold it for me? Because I don't want, don't want my husband to know I have this. But I want to save up for a bed for my son. They, they, they were sleeping five kids in a two-bedroom two apartment. And she said, I'd love to buy a bed for my son. I said, sure. So we became like that little Christmas club kind of thing, guarding the money. And uh, in a few weeks, she had enough saved up because she made enough bracelets. That's dignity, right? She just did not receive that money free as a handout, but she made me something and it's going to bless other people and she is going to be blessed and she has become vital and she has been released from the darkness. She's been a captive that has been set free. And so it has been exciting. Um, I can't tell you enough. We sit around and we talk and we have a wonderful time and they let me weigh the beads. That's what they let me do. I don't make anything but they let me weigh them for to put in the bags because I figured out how many bracelets, how many beads it takes for the 40 bracelets and what that weight would be. And I bought a little scale. And so I'm really good at weighing the beads. <laughs> I've become really good. So, <laughs> But, you know, isn't that cool how God uses even the most unuseful, untalented um but just because we've made a promise, Lord, we'll walk through the doors that you open. It will be scary sometimes. Believe me, it's scary. But we'll walk through the doors that you open and we'll walk by faith. And he has never, ever let us down. He's never let us trip. And, uh, and he's used this person that is not creative at all and to be, to be a blessing uh, to others. And I love, I've made some wonderful friends and one of them is, is, is Vero. I'll just go back for a minute. Veronica is her name. This is Letty, my director, and I got asked to take a picture with me. Um, Veronica, after she took the workshop of haircutting, she took the workshop of the jewelry making, is one of my best jewelry makers. She asked me one day, because at the beginning of every workshop, we do a verse, just a simple verse and a, a, and a thought. Uh, not a reflection, not a preaching. We do da 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 da. This is, and one day she came up to me and she says, "You know, I just can I can I ask you something after the workshop? What's this hope you keep talking about? What's this hope you keep talking about? Boy, this is when you have to be ready, on a moment's notice, as it says in Colossians, to make the most of every opportunity that God gives you to tell her what is that hope that I have." that I've been preaching about, that I'm hoping that they see through my life, that it is a hope that transforms lives, 
and she wanted that hope. She began classes with us. She got her wonderful certificates. This was an English teacher that came down for six weeks, and, and she said, could I be of use? 65 years old. And I said, of course you can. And she taught six weeks of English classes. And then Vero began our classes in our church, and July of 2019 was baptized in our Alianza de Vida church. So the church is our base. We reach out and we minister to other people, but always with the idea of bring them back to the church. And why are we there planting churches? Because when all else leaves or fire comes or the uh, presidents change and they say no more Americans, you've lost your visa, we have to leave. What are we leaving behind? We're leaving by people who have been changed, transformed by that great message, that good news of great joy that we have. Because we believe that the church will always stand. We believe that the church, no matter what form, and we've seen that throughout our lives. No, in Vietnam, in China, sometimes it's not a building. We've seen that through the coronavirus, haven't we? Sometimes it's not a building. The buildings are closed, but the church continues. So... I wanted to share, share a little bit of that, Lives Transformed. If you buy a bracelet, you'll get one of these pictures. It comes with the card that's free, no charge. But isn't this a great, a great picture of joy? The oil of joy, the garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. Through our ministry of the bracelets, through churches that have bought bracelets, through our bazaars that we go to, we were able to buy Christmas presents for our community and our children in our community. And where I just love this picture. It's one of my... One of my favorite pictures I try and show everywhere. In the middle of April, in the midst of the coronavirus, uh, this this house that we that Letty and I have been dreaming about, we would drive by it. It was for rent, but they did not want to pay our price. They go, no, no. It stood vacant for six months, and we went back in April and said, how about it? And coronavirus had hit, and nobody was renting or buying, or and they took what we offered the same amount, only $50 higher than the little tiny place that we had underneath the church. So in the midst of April, we changed and we came into the four-bedroom house where Letty lives on site now. And who knows what more could come of this ministry? Could we become a place where if, if a woman needs a refuge for 48 hours, we could house her in protection and security and safety? I don't know what God has for us. This is one of the unfinished things i don't know but as i said before if god opens the doors and gives us the strength and the energy and the health we will walk through them so oil of joy um crown of beauty i i my time is going faster than um sagrario came to us a non-believer um was showing some man demonic manifestations um, her at, at nine years old. This is the, the cult that the movie Coco is based on, the Disney movie Coco. This is called the Holy, the Holy Death Cult. They believe if you give offerings to death, it will lengthen your life. And if you've ever seen the movie Coco, it's where the dead people, he has to ask the help of the dead people to help him totally demonic and she was offered as a sacrifice not not to die but to say i give you my daughter i give you her life and that was her binds that was her 
and it caused all kinds of problems in her life. We were able to deliver her. She was able to renounce. She found the Lord. She was able to open her Bible and read it with joy. And right now, Julian and, and Sagrario are working in our marriage ministry. And they are a wonderful couple with two, two boys. And the Lord has totally transformed their life. Adriana, the oil of joy. Adriana was a woman um, who, in every sense of the word, is, was a barmaid. That was her, that was her profession. And, and all of that entails five children, four different husbands or men, kind of like the woman at the well, no? We don't really know her story. I'm so excited to be able to meet her in heaven to really see what her story was. Uh, I can't wait to meet Rahab. I can't re- wait to meet Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's, it's going to be exciting in heaven, no? But Adriana, transformed by the oil of joy instead of a spirit of despair. And she took all of our courses that we offered, and there she is doing some jewelry. But just a life transformed has brought her children to church. Her Even adult children have come to church, and they have been transformed. They take, they've taken our, our spiritual formation classes, and God has really given them an oil of joy. They've transformed their lives. So where does that leave us? What are we to become in this Isaiah 61? We want to become oaks of righteousness, planting of the Lord to display his splendor. And this is me as I'm standing up on some of the dirt that we had delivered to uh, in our land. And there's still so much more to do in that part of the world. The task is so unfinished. If you ever, if you see that little video that, that, that Pastor Tim put up, it's a quote from A.B. Simpson. We need to do all that we've thought about, all that we can. All We, we need to do it uh, because the task is unfinished. That was said back in 1890. And, we're, and it's still unfinished. God has so much. We've just scraped the surface in Guadalajara, Mexico. Families are coming to the Lord. If you notice, our, our core group are couples with their children. We have marriage ministries that ministers to the whole family. We have youth camps that are weekend long that minister to our youth. I'm not sure what I have next. This is our dream, to build this church, become a center. It's on the camp, the second campus, and from that church, maybe move the Circle of Hope offices there, but branch out too. And we want it to look like a church. We don't want it to look like a, a, a bank or a school. It's going to have that red spire with a cross on top to be able to reach out into that, that, that highway that we border and declare and it's going to have this verse on it, maybe, if we can. This is the verse in Ezekiel 37:14. I will put in you my breath of life, and you will live again. That's the promise that he's made us. That's the promise that we walk in. That's the grace that he gives us. That's the hope that transforms us. That's the task that is still to be done. Open wide the prison doors. And I want to thank you personally for the work you've done over our last 32 years of giving, of praying, of supporting. Some have gone on work teams. Some have gone to the fields to, 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 to prop up those missionaries. And I have been on the receiving end. And I thank you so much for your prayers and for your giving. And let's continue. The work is not finished. We need to go back. We need new workers to go back with us to continue to breathe hope, Put the breath of life of Jesus. Preach that breath of life. And 
and that's the end of my and and bring release for the captives bring light to the darkness every every sunday bob gives a a benediction to to his, our church and he says number 6 23 and 24 may god smile upon us and bring us peace and then he says go out these are our, in our mission church in mexico go out and be light and salt into the darkness and so i pray that for you too in this community go out and bring the joy of hope bring the joy the grace of jesus to people's lives that releases them from the prison even here in this area believe me it's it's dark all over if they don't have jesus go and preach that hope that transforms lives and thank you from the bottom of my heart continue to pray to continue to see where you will have a part in bringing that hope that transforms lives to the unfinished task not only in guadalajara but around the world thank you so much for letting me share thank you for your patience and may god really bless you as you consider what's your role in bringing the hope that transforms lives and breathing life so that people may live again thank you pastor thank you cheryl we want to just uh, a couple things that we're going to do here yet in the service and and just a little bit we're going to just take the at the end of the service to pray for cheryl to pray god's blessing upon her you've heard some of the requests and we're really going to just uh uh, pray God move abundantly and work within her. But before that, she's spoken to us and shared what God is doing, shared what the in, unfinished work is that we need to be joining, not just them, but all across the world. And so the first thing as the uh, worship team comes, uh, the first thing that we want to do before we pray for Cheryl is pray for us, is to recognize, listen, we've just heard what you're doing, there is so much, so much that needs to be done. And so if you're already doing something, that's good. But I think God is always challenging us to step up, to take it to another level. If you're not really doing much as it deals with, uh, in any of this, reaching across the street, let alone reaching across the sea, then now's the time to begin, to make that decision today. We partner and join with them in missions all across this world by our giving. What do we need to do? What do we need to step up? And that's part of that great commission fund I talked about earlier. Also, that we, what is God speaking to you about as far as praying? Do we just pray occasionally? Do we just pray simple like God bless the missionaries? They need a whole lot more specific than that. And they, there are requests and things. So it's to take it to the next level. Maybe to take our sending to the next level, to recognize as we have send those out, uh, we have partners that are on the mission field now that we're partnering with that because of where they're at. We can't talk about them much in this format here, but to remember those that we've sent out as well. And then there are those who are right here, whether it's right here with us here or those who are watching online, those even at the Pine Esther Church, God is calling you to go. You know, as Cheryl was sharing, listen, God, if you open the door, we're going to walk through it. Go. So as we sing this song, as our kind of prayer of commitment to him, that as God speaks to you, that you would step it up, that you would step out in what he's calling you to. Thank you.